Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Take Hot Box, we are back. James Harden just took the souls of the Boston Celtics last night. 45 points in TD Garden to give the Sixers a 1-0 lead. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone, as always. Ty, how are you feeling today on this Celebration Tuesday? Uh, both of us devout, not devout Christians, but devout Sixers fans. <laughs> For our whole lives, we've experienced just horror, it seems like. And on uh, on a day like today, it's not necessarily a championship win, but it is a reason to be happy and to feel good. So how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Like you said, uh, after the first quarter, I was like, damn, you know, Vegas is right. They had to spread it, I think, 10, 10 or 11. Um, yep. And yeah, I mean, anytime we don't have Joel Embiid, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of skeptical. You know, like I know that the ball will flow better. I know the ball will move better. But that doesn't necessarily mean uh, positive results. You know, like you can move the ball around, but like our Washington Township High School men's basketball team would do, they would just pass it around for an entire quarter. So, you know, ball Shout movement out. isn't the... Yeah, shout out to the shout out to all them and all their uh, championships they don't have. But um, and and also on defense though, like you know, I I mean they had I think thirty six, thirty eight points in the first quarter, and like twenty something of them were in the paint. You know, it's just we don't really have anybody else who can. Um, it, not even about blocking shots, just about being being there. Like Paul, Paul Reed's six nine, six ten. Like he's a big boy, but yeah, he's not. He's not defensively stout. He's not a shop blocker. Um, you know, we don't have like a, another Robert Williams or somebody like that. But <clears throat> also, I think I don't know, man. I said it before the series. I, if there was any year that we were going to break through, it would be this year. Um, and then when the Bucks lost to the Heat, I was like, "Fuck, man, this this is our time. Like, just just beat the Celtics one time. Just beat the Celtics one yeah. time, and then we're we should be should be golden. There should be nobody in our way. The Knicks, no." No, no fucking chance. The, the Heat, even with Tyler Hero, no chance. Like, I don't want to discount any of those teams. Like, the Heat just beat the fuck out of the Bucks for for uh, what they won in five. But you know, Giannis didn't play the first two games and whatever. So I just don't think. Uh, do you play Embiid game three at home? Because game two, no reason to play him at all. Well, but when I you come think back it basically home, comes back. It comes down to the fact that if he's healthy, he plays. If he's not then he shouldn't be out there. Uh, it's right. uh, I don't think you can it, you can't afford to rest him or you know be ca- like not be cautious but just try to like maybe hold him off, give him extra days. Like if he can go, I think he's got to go. Just just due due to the fact that the impact he'll make when he comes back out there, and even if he doesn't play his full, you know, thirty eight minute nights, uh, I think we just need someone out there to even give Paul Reed a rest. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, exactly. there were, the the team and the defense went down uh, mightily in my mind. I didn't see any plus minuses, but it just seemed like when he had to take a seat and we had to go small, we were just getting beat on alley oops and backdoor cuts, and we were just getting cooked. It seemed like so. Then he would come back in and instill a little bit of discipline uh, on the back end. And I like Doc making a couple adjustments last night. He went, yeah, how about him? went from the zone to the man, back to the zone. It just, uh, 
I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with what I saw last night from the boys. And I think, I mean, obviously, James Harden dropping 45. That That's, although not a common occurrence, I believe that it, that is his playoff career high. And yep. As many times as you've seen him drop 60 in a regular season game, he's never done anything like that in the playoffs. And he was spectacular last night. It, it is There's no other way to say it than he was just purely brilliant. It, it's... He was getting shots wherever. He was he was dictating the game for us on offense. It truly did look like a vintage James Harden performance. It, it's exactly what you wanted in your pie in the sky dreams when you made that trade. That this this is what you could you couldn't have asked for anything better than what happened last night for the Sixers. All the things considered, being a man man down, not only a man down, the MVP down, and you still go out there and take care of business. I mean, they don't win that game without DeAnthony Melton. Tobias Harris, Maxi carrying them through the third quarter. Uh, like you said, if they're ever going to do it, it's this year. And so long as Joel is not out for a, an extended extended period of time, that maybe we could get him out there at the latest game three. I would, you know, maybe like you said, even if he has to sit, maybe they're up two zero. I don't know. I really just think whenever he's healthy, he needs to go. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean it, the. Boston seems like they're in a little bit of denial uh, from a lot, a lot of what the guys said last night. They had played a mediocre game and things of that. I mean, you're not going to make every single shot you take, guys. Uh, they were shooting, I believe, 85% in the first quarter. Uh, it, they were they were, they were were having an out-of-body experience. It seemed like even on uh, uh, contested shots, they were just having, having their way. I, I don't know how they think they're going to be able to replicate that all the time. I mean, guys like Malcolm Brogdon aren't going to lose their mind from three-point. It's not going to happen. It's not a realistic yeah. thing that you could expect. So, I, I I guess I'll kick. I could keep keep on going, but I, I just I think Boston is weaker than they have been. They don't have that coaching advantage that they've had in years past. And I mean, Doc's not going to get absolutely bodied. I know that that seems like a no. uh, crazy conversation. He might even be the better coach in this one. Which, like, yeah, even even with everything, you know, his whole history as a coach. I still wouldn't, you know, I would take you over him in certain situations. I've said that this year, but I think, you know, yeah, I think I think we do have the coaching advantage here. I mean, <clears throat> switching the zone really really fucked them up for a while. There there is some things to take away from this game that you know probably won't continue. Like James Harden's probably not going to shoot, yeah, uh, or score forty five again. I don't know. It's, it's you know thirty whatever. Like it's just it's not something that's going to happen every game. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, for some reason. Jalen Brown didn't really shoot the ball much. He shot 8 of 10, 3 of 4 from 3, but he didn't shoot much in the second half. But still, you, you look at their percentages, uh, I think Brown and Tatum were 7 for 9 from 3. That's not going to happen again. Brogdon's not going to score 20 every game. Um, but I do think Derek White, I think Al Horford, I think those are guys that are weak spots. I think you attack those two oh, uh, anytime they're on the court. They were the only ones with a uh, negative Double-digit negative point differential. Yeah. They were both minus 15 and minus 17, respect, respectfully. Um, respectively. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Maxi this series. You know, he's a smaller guard. Um, they were trying they, to pick they, on him, of course. They do well. That. They do well defending guards. So I, it's going to be a tough series for him. But even, man, you know, 26 and 24 shots isn't great. But um, he ended the game really well. Tough, tough. Uh, he's just a dog, and you know we didn't we didn't attempt a free throw until what halfway through the third quarter, I think. Um, 
we were only 12, only three guys shot free throws. Paul Reed, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. They're all four for four. So you got to expect we're going to shoot some more free throws. Uh, PJ Tucker with the old goose egg of shot attempts in 37 minutes. I mean, it, 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 it is what it is. You know, he's like kind of the heart and soul of the team. Dude, um, he does everything that, like, this is exactly so what mad. they got for, like, what they, when they asked, you know, when they, when they signed him to that three year, $30 million deal, and I'm in here, like, having a mental yeah. breakdown over it because it <laughs> just seems like, why are you signing this guy to that contract? You're basically signing him for two months of the season. Three months, and it's the playoffs. Whatever whatever this last stretch is, that's exactly why you got him because of what he did to you last year in that second round, getting all those dirty boards, getting all like guarding the best player on the other team, making everyone's life on the other side a living hell, making them work much harder than they need to. I don't I don't care if that guy doesn't shoot. It's one of the crazy instances where like he doesn't force shots and he'll shoot it if he's wide open. I trust him, one hundred percent out there. And like the video of him yelling at Paul Reed was hilarious. Just was looking, like with the scut. Like what I can't imagine what Paul Reed said where he was just looking at him like, "What are you talking about?" Like, but it worked, right? It worked. And Paul Reed was a huge factor last night. And we we men- made mention of it earlier. It just. This team with Embiid, you having a Paul Reed come off the bench and give you those minutes that before in seasons past, it seemed like they were lost minutes. Paul Reed is not Joel Embiid. They are not even close to the same kind of player, not let alone talent. That goes without saying. He goes in there and adds a whole different aspect to what they have, and he just works hard as shit. He gets boards, and he you know he can make, make layups at the rim, and he just offensive board. He works so hard on the boards. And we've needed somebody that can come in and play defense and make a make an impact when Joel's not in. And now this guy plays, you know, how many minutes? 30-some 30, 30 minutes? 37. Right? 37 minutes. And they needed every fucking minute from him. And he came, he came yeah. in, and not only that, he comes in and gets fouled at the end of the game and makes clutch, clutch free throws ice. on two different sections to ice, ice the game for the Sixers. And that is why they have a 1-0 lead. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, it goes under the radar. Tobias Harris, eight of sixteen, two of five from three. Perfect, just what we needed. Eighteen points, five rebounds, a couple assists. Uh, you know, did his thing. Point. He had a plus minus of zero. That that's that that sums him up. And I I don't mean that as a in a bad way. Like he, as long as he's not being a, a complete negative, then you you know, then he's I just need him to make a couple shots. No, just like make a couple what he shots. Did last, just, uh, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. I'm I'm sorry, good. but uh, what he did last night is exactly what you need of him. Uh, just a guy who, you, when you throw the ball to him, you make something happen. If, if yeah. like before, be it seemed scared. like it would be hot potato, yeah, and then or he just stand in the corner and do nothing. I, I don't still don't trust him. I mean, he made that huge three at the top of the key when the Harden kicked it back out to him last night mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, but yeah, you're one hundred percent right, Tobias. That's all we need from him. So, yeah, and I, I just. Oh man, James Harden just leading, you know, kind of shutting everybody up and going on a uh, like a mini fuck you tour uh, after the game. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, they say I can't score a lot, and when I do, when I don't score a lot, I'm washed, and when I do score a lot, uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't impact winning or something like that." Which is true. Everybody always has a, a critique of James Harden. Yeah, you know, when he does score a lot, it's like, yeah, but he doesn't do anything else. He's a losing player. When he doesn't score a lot, it's, he's washed. So he looked fucking awesome, just yeah. in his bag. The, the step backs, just just you know that pure left handed stroke from deep. What was he seven of fourteen from three? Yeah. Fucking awesome. Uh, De'Anthony Melton just absolutely stepped up five of six from three. Uh, you know you, you want a little bit more contribute uh, contributions from uh, McDaniel's and Niang off the bench, but I, I don't really expect much from them. You know I don't really expect much from 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 Paul Reed. So uh, sure we might get blown out in game two, but winning one 
on the road, massive, massive. It's something the Lakers need to do. You know, I, kind of in the uh, in the Western Conference, the Lakers are um, not great on the road, and the Warriors are not are, are amazing at home. And I think the Lakers steal one of those games at home that you know are on the road. Uh, that could change the entire series. But I'll, I'm just excited. Like I said, I really just wasn't sure about the Celtics team. I, I think Tatum's a fucking star. I think Brown has a lot of talent, but that's that's a it. lot of times that's really it. You know, Marcus Smart, that fake ass, that fake ass bullshit where he makes all those threes. That's not going to happen anymore. Blake Griffin's not going to come in the game hitting threes. Like none of that shit's happening anymore. So I think some of their devil magic is starting to wear off. Um, obviously, those Horford's guys can go cooked. off at any time. Horford's completely cooked. Uh, Derek White, he gets the ball. He he can't create space at all. So you know, unless we have fundamental breakdowns, which uh, you know, Tatum and Brown were doing what they wanted, but um, I thought we, we, you know, fundamentally we were good. We were, we just, we, we were missing the MVP. Um, <clears throat> and, and the beginning, the beginning part of the game was brutal, but we settled down. We locked in. I mean, getting it to two, I think, right before half or three, was was nuts. I didn't. I stopped watching the end of the first half to to put on the Rangers Devils game. And I thought I think we were down like five six. I saw we narrowed narrowed the uh, the lead. To three at half, and I'm like, damn, okay. And then the first half strong, come out in the second half strong, and we just kept it close all game. Yep. Really not much more we can ask for. Doc, everybody played their part. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the spread is in game two. Maybe Vegas respects us a little bit more. Maybe Harden puts up a stinker, shoots five of 20. Yeah, that, 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 that's always a possibility uh, in the NBA, especially in the playoffs. But I think we set ourselves up really well to, you know, to win this series. And if we win this series, there should be nobody in our way in the East. And honestly, man, if you look at the West, <coughs> uh, my team, I, I like the Nuggets. I think they are solid all around, but man, uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. You know, they, they're kind of liabilities. Michael, Michael Porter Jr. is very one dimensional. Jamal Murray is still coming back from that injury. Um, you know, he's, he's hot and cold. I think we uh, match well with them. A Jokic MB final would be awesome. The two best bigs carrying their teams. Uh, I don't want to get too, you know, too far ahead of myself here, but I think if we do get past Boston, like we've struggled to do in previous years, I think this could be it. This could be the year, you know, it's so funny because most of the year me and you were like, yeah, whatever. Well, you know, they have to show me, they have to show us. And I, I think that was a huge, again, just game one, but I think that's a huge, huge step to showing everybody like this is not the Sixers of old. Uh, I think Harden said it best in his post game um, interview. He said, we've been doing this all year. Uh, you know, we've been playing well. Guys have been stepping up all year. This is a very consistent team. And honestly, he's right. They have been consistent all year. But <laughs> I think previous years really just have a lot of Philly fans jaded, scarred. Um, yeah, we're guarded right now. We don't. We, it's still hard to trust these guys, even if we saw what we saw last night. We know how happy we've been, and we thought, oh, we got this shit in the bag. And it has been swept from underneath of us, and we've gotten our hearts ripped out. And we still are worried because we don't know how long Embiid's going to be out. So I think it's still hard to be too like over the moon about this. But it's still, we never in a million years. They were plus four under four hundred underdogs last night. Insane. No one thought Insane. they were going to win that game, and no one thought James Harden was going to do what he did. People were laughing at him on ESPN at the thought yep. of him being a Max Kellerman in that joke of a show that they have going on over there. They're la- I mean, that that clown Nick Friedel is over there cracking up. I, 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 it's just, you know I'm, I I could start going in on that guy, but there's really no point because he's a guy who 
what it writes for Brooklyn and probably saw James James Harden these last couple of years and thinks, oh, he's absolutely cooked. Probably has only seen a couple games this season of that guy yeah. actually playing a game. Uh, he didn't and, play well with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Well, look what Ky- Kevin Durant's doing. That looks like shit. I don't know if you can watch him. Nah, it's not good. I mean, he, looks he looked horrible last night. I will say that because I watched the I watched the majority of that game and towards the end of the game he couldn't make a shot. Chris Paul gets believe- hurt. They they Brutal. they're cooked without Chris Paul because they then they have Cameron Payne in there trying to run offense. <laughs> oh my god! And if it's not him, it's Devin that Booker. And Devin Booker is more you know nothing against him, but he's yeah. a shooter. He's a fucking he's a scorer. He he's can't do really... every, and he can't do everything. Yeah, you know? exactly. He's De- playing DeAndre defense. It, it, yeah, it's just getting punked. Well, uh, he's getting bullied down there, and the spin moves <laughs> and all this finesse shit is just cooking his ass. He has no idea what to do. But yeah, like the Nuggets. Obviously, the Warriors are still. I think I, I don't. I, I have a tough time believing. I mean, it's not good that they had to go seven with these guys. I have a tough time seeing anybody beat the, uh, beat those guys in a seven game series. But with us, it's pretty tough. We yeah. just we we. I think the big thing will be if. I mean, it, it's all about when MB comes back because it's going to be hard to sustain what we did last night. I think we definitely can though because Boston really doesn't play good defense. I know that like they were like, oh, we didn't really get into them, and uh, you know. Uh, play aggressive, and Al Horford's like, we played soft because Embiid wasn't playing, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, James Harden was not only, like, shooting, shooting. he, he shot a great percentage, but he was also getting high percentage shots. He's getting yeah. into the paint and hitting fadeaways in the paint and was just dominating the mid-range for large portions of this game. And then when he was beating people off the dribble, which he hasn't really done, you know, at a consistent rate all season, he dribbles in and he's kicking out to Melton and Harris and all these guys. You know, Niang's getting a couple threes in there. I think the Capable big shooters. I think a story that people really aren't talking about is that how thin ball. I didn't realize how thin Boston is. I mean, Grant Williams is playing four minutes last night. I guess you'll see yeah. more of of a guy like him if Embiid's playing because they'll need somebody to just kind of eat, eat up some fouls, but. I mean, they had like two guys off the bench, Brogdon and Robert Williams. That's and it. After the first half, I didn't really see Robert Williams. Like, Hauser, five minutes. Grant Williams, four minutes. Remember in the regular season, Blake Griffin's coming off the bench. Yeah. He's hitting five threes. He's laughing at Peyton Doc Pritchard Rivers. And yeah, like Peyton it. Pritchard. And everybody's laughing at us, right? Uh, Blake Griffin's like, yeah, Doc Rivers should know who who I am. Uh, he knows like he, he, he said I can't shoot, and then he makes all these threes. Now he's not playing because they, they know if he plays in the playoffs, he's going to get fucking cooked. So, um yeah, man, just just a huge first step in me being a very, I'll say, pessimistic fan, um, believing in this team. Like, I still, you know, if MB gets hurt again or re-aggravates that injury, which I can't imagine isn't going to happen, like, he's going to, at some point, the dude flies all around yeah, the court, which, yeah, I, I don't you know, he's like Scott Hartnell yeah. on, a, on a basketball court. It's fucking terrifying to watch. And a lot of times, it just seems so unnecessary. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? But, man... If this team's humming, you know, we got Harden and Embiid cooking. Isn't the uh, MVP uh, given out tonight? Friday night, I would imagine, would Friday be night, okay. them in front of the home crowd. Uh, you know, okay. whoever won it will get it in front of their home crowd, I imagine. I don't know if they uh, – they're not doing the award show anymore. I guess that's not, that's not uh, the thing. I mean, because I remember that used know. to be the, uh, the, the deal. You'd have to wait until, like, you know – June twenty sixth for the fucking award show, and you get <laughs> so to see stupid. you know Giannis uh, get his reward remotely because he's not wasting his time to go. You <laughs> yeah. know, like uh, yeah, he's back home. Yeah, Jokic is in Croatia. Like, dude, thanks for the award. Appreciate it, guys. Serbia. Yeah, Serbia. All right. Yeah, him. Even he's worse. Serbian, and uh, what's his name? Doncic is Croatian, right? 
Got to keep it's, that. It's uh, Slovenian. Uh, it's all the same. All right. Uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> there's so many Here's countries US that, in Eastern European. <laughs> yeah. There's Eastern European history. countries. It's just uh, – it's hard to keep track of, but I'm getting better, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, so there you go. Uh, we have uh, – I, th- I mean, in the crazy event that they can go out there and steal game two, I mean, this shit would be <laughs> – it's over, right? Like it's it, a, you know, Boston's going to be put so much. Also, after the Bruins collapse, the city itself is just going to be in, in in shambles. And I love it, hey, love it. Fuck that city. Hey, that game three is going to be huge if they're not able to. Oh it's, man, it, whenever Embiid comes back, busted. it's going to be awesome. It really is. It's just going to be a like a tidal wave when he comes back. Even if he's scoring twenty points, you know, like he brings so much attention that. You need him out there, and you need him, you know, you can't play Dwayne Dedman, so you're going to need somebody to come in and help Paul Reed here, which is a crazy thing to say, but the Sixers are 100% in this series. It is not, these aren't your, you know, your Celtics of yesteryear, and uh, even last year, just does not seem like the same deep, uh, you know, organized team that they've had in uh, in all the years uh, prior, but. For sure. Will you you be a game three? No, I'll be a game four, though. I will for awesome. uh, the Sunday afternoon game, which will be incredible and a electric yeah, environment. Nuts. Hopefully we're up two one looking to take a stranglehold upon this series. Well, maybe up three oh. Maybe you go for the sweep. Oh, I don't man, know. could you imagine oh there better not be a green shirt in there. They won't hear the end of it from me, but especially uh what's that dude who runs Barstool? Uh, Portnoy. Portnoy. Yeah, Portnoy betting uh thousand dollars on a sweep. They get cooked. Shove that one up there. I know a couple guys who have Sixers to win game one and to win the series plus 900. Wow. So that's that's, that's quite crazy. A bet too. So, how about it? The Sixers take care of business. Uh, you know, we have. It, it, I've never felt this good. I swear to God, I've never. I've, that, that's a win that I haven't felt. I haven't felt like that probably. And I was thinking, I've been thinking about this all day since they beat the Bulls to advance to the next round. Like, I never thought that yeah. could happen. And when it happened, shout even, out to D Rose. You, yeah, shout out to D Rose. Shout out to all them. But. Uh, it, it was just a crazy turn of events, and it was something that worked out our way finally. And even you know those Celtics games were awesome. It's some of my best memories as a Sixers fan. Yesterday was up there. It's yeah, that was awesome. Just watching him hit all those threes. I've seen him do, do that a million times on TNT, watching him play for the Rockets, or you know watching these late night games. And I'm like, dude, this guy's incredible. Like I, I can't imagine what it's like to have that guy on your team. And we got the best version of uh, of a playoff James Harden that we've ever seen. It was it was spectacular. How about the draft? Let's keep it moving. We might as well touch on all sorts of topics while we are here. The Eagles wound up moving up one spot. We you know I, I gave, we gave a couple mock drafts uh, you know in February and March. Uh, if we would have we were I'm pretty sure we were even discussing it then. Just if Jalen Carter was still going to be able to be had in that area, you know, before all the stories and all that came out. He was a top three, top two, top one in discussions for, uh, you know, who was to get drafted, uh, aside from quarterbacks, obviously. But the Eagles, uh, overall, I guess, Ty, I'll ask you, they end up with Nolan Smith. They end up with a bunch of great players in the uh, mid-rounds, it seems like. What did you make of the draft? Awesome. They nailed it. They completely nailed it. Uh, you know, I thought Jalen Carter was going to go to five. I thought he could have went as high as two. Uh, I know a lot of people were on Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson. I never bought the Tyree Wilson hype. I love Will Anderson, but love I, Will Anderson. I I just thought that, um, you know, watching the 2021 Georgia defense, by the way, <laughs> by the way, that, that 2021 Georgia defense, up front, they have Jordan Davis in the middle, 
flanked by Trayvon Walker, the number one pick last year. Yep. Jordan Jalen Carter, the you know top five, top ten player in this year's draft. Um, who else? At linebacker, they had Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean, for, former number one recruit Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean, uh, Quay Walker, who is playing for the Packers. Yeah, and oh, what's the other guy's name? Fuck, their front seven was just all studs. I, I, now I'm, I just can't think of the other one. And then they even had a couple good DBs. Just insane talent. And, you know, <laughs> I can never get mad at the Eagles going after Alabama, LSU, Georgia players. I just can't. Ohio State, I'll get a little mad, you know. But going after the top talent, Dane Brugler, Brugler I'm not sure how to pronounce. I'm going to say Brugler. He's probably my favorite uh, NFL draft guy. He has this, like, draft guy that he releases every year. He does, like, this in- – Deep, deep, deep dive on pretty much every player in college. Like, it's it's crazy. He knows everything. He finds out everything. And uh, he had Nolan Smith ranked 11th. He had Jalen Carter ranked 3rd, I believe. Okay. And to, to get them at 9 and, and 30, <clears throat> I mean, that, that's just an absolute steal. You know, trading up from 10 to 9, we, would we give up a 5th next year? 4th. Have it. 4th, yeah. W- which I think, if I remember, no. I think of something else. We traded back into the 3rd or 4th, and we gave up a 4th next Whatever. I'm not worried about That'll that. That'll turn but, into a condi- – yeah, there's all sorts of – Exactly. Shit that being we have right. all these compensation picks that we're going to get. But I absolutely love Jalen Carter. Uh, when I watched it, um, Georgia in 2021, and even last year, uh, anytime Trayvon Walker, who went number one last year, anytime people talked about him or showed him, you couldn't help but watch number 88, which is Jalen Carter. He just dominated. He just has a, a nose for the ball. He gets – he's just very disruptive. He, he's very Fletcher Cox-esque in the way that he's always around the ball. Yeah. Always around the ball. You know, there's definitely some um, – I don't think he's as, as as good of a pass rusher, but, man, he has such a quick first step. He's so strong, and he just has that quick – he has quick hands. So when, as soon as the linemen put their hands up, he just swipes it down. Boom. He's in the fucking backfield every time. Nolan Smith is more of a project. He's a little skinnier. His production wasn't great. Um, but he can he can be an off-ball linebacker. He runs a fucking 4-3 as a linebacker. Yeah. 4-3. <clears throat> Jalen Carter, though, I'm trying to find Dane's Dane's write up on him. Um, just an absolute freak, honestly. And I, I really thought the Bears were going to take him at nine. That's why I was so surprised that they traded back one spot and didn't get much for him. I know they took a uh, a tackle that they wanted, but you know the off the field issues. It, is it really off the field issues? I mean, it, there was just one incident. You know, he was racing his friend, um, and his friend. Veered off the road and passed, you know, died in a tragic accident. And I think he left the scene of the crime. Obviously, he didn't want a DUI. Like, it was a whole thing, obviously, very immature. But he they're like 19, stayed and then he, like, left. It was something. There was a bunch I, of I, different listen, shit going on there. All the, all the stupid things I did when I was 19, 20, 21. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't in the spotlight. I didn't have pressure. If I, you know, I can't imagine what I would do if I was a, if I was in his shoes. So, you know, that to me isn't great. And I think that honestly, probably, probably stayed with him a while. It affected some of his testing athletically. Like he didn't really test that well at the combine or the pro day. I think his weight was fluctuating. He was probably just, you know, fucked up. His friend died, two of his friends died. So that, that doesn't really worry me at all. I saw some people talking about how he's just kind of immature. He's only 20, 21, I think. Right. I'm trying to find his coaches didn't like him at Georgia. That's the, that was also another Eh, thing that came out. I don't know how much. They said, what's it say? Not very vocal, but he carries himself with a humble attitude, well-respected by the entire locker room. Nolan Smith is uh, somebody that Trayvon Walker himself 
called the heart and soul of the defense. So getting those two guys from the same team, both play with Nicobe Dean, both play with Jordan Davis. If there is any off the field issues, if there is any character concerns, you can pretty much squash that. You come to Philly, that's not going to happen. You, especially you come to Philly with your boys, you know, you, you know, you're meeting up with all your boys, four Georgia boys. That's, and, and you have established veterans on that defense and in the locker room in general. So it's like there's a Fletcher, people who are going to set the, yeah. Even even a guy like Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat was a five star recruit. Josh Sweat almost lost his fucking leg. Hassan and now Reddick. look at what he's doing. You know, like, guys consummate professional. Were there last year? Went to the Super Bowl. They're like, listen, guys, we know what it takes. We, and guys who've won the Super Bowl in Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, like we can tell you what needs to be done. You still have Derek Barnett just hanging around in there too, which is just insane. hanging around, right? I mean, even as much of a psychopath as he is, he still gets to the quarterback. It's that's right. why he keeps getting these contracts. Like he may he does be try to throw his head. Yeah, he may try to said. kill people, but. but that's also like a, a kind of a good thing to have when you're a defensive lineman. He's trying to kill right. the quarterback. You got to be nasty. Yeah. So, so okay. I'll just I'll just finish up Dane's Dane Brugler's uh, overall summary of Jalen Carter needs to continue growing in several areas, but his block destruction is special because of a rare combination of body control, quickness, and power. He presents a conundrum for NFL decision makers. Very young player, and maturation isn't a guarantee, but he's arguably the most talented prospect in this draft, with the potential to develop into a five, top five player at his position. Very reminiscent of Fletcher Cox for me. Um, he's not, but he's not in her size. Good size. What is it? Six, two, six, three. Let's see. Yeah. Six, three, three, fifteen. And he's, and he's athletic. He's also from, um, just a couple miles North of Orlando. So shout out to the central Florida part of the map. Um, Apopka, I believe. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where that is, but I know that's somewhere down here, not too far from me, but also he had like, it, you know, you talk about what he does as a defender and as a D tackle and, and this and that, but he had like five blocks. Uh, blocked a pat uh, PAT as a freshman, blocked uh, a field goal in the national championship as a sophomore. Um, he can just do a bunch of things. It seems like yeah. um, went same high school as Warren Sapp. Um, a lot he, of comparisons you know, to him. Just some of the bet. I, what's to say? As a junior in high school, um, he was benching four hundred. Yeah, clean jerk three thirty. <laughs> I mean, this guy's just a freak, absolute freak. I love Nolan Smith too. Uh, I think he's extremely talented. Sure, his production wasn't there, but I mean. Look, so many NFL guys on that team, it's hard for everybody to produce, right? Um, so you put him as a linebacker, like a, a roaming linebacker who can play the option and kind of go sideline to sideline with the uh, ability to pass rush. I'm fucking all in. Um, I'm trying to think of our <laughs> – it's funny. I, I'm focusing on them too. I'm, I can't even really think of our other draft picks, which is so sad because me and my dad were just talking about all of them. So – they got Tyler. What's his name? Right Tyler now. Steen. Tyler Steen. Love Tyler Steen. He was a, a stud tackle at Vandy for a couple of years. LSU went after him because they needed a lineman. He went to Alabama. Smart choice. He I, I, he's probably going to play guard right in the NFL. But you know, having somebody who can play tackle and guard, being a swing player, that's awesome to have. It's never just another never a bad thing. That, just never a bad thing to take an Alabama lineman. We have Nolan Dick, uh, Nolan Dickerson, Landon Dickerson there. Uh, our line, I have no issues with the line. Let's see, Sidney Brown. I don't know much about him at safety, but I heard a lot of good things. Yeah, people were um, going to bat for him. I mean, he's a big guy. He looks like he fucking lowers the brings boom. the boom. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, you know resemblance. Not you know not the same player, but people are like to have that uh, archetype of Brian Dawkins, who's big guy sure. can you know can move quick, and fucking, athletic. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely assaults people when he when he gets his hands on them. So it's uh, my favorite pick, which is so unfortunate. Because I, I really disliked him as a player. When I saw people say he's going to go in the first round, I was like, no fucking way. 
Keely Ringo. Yeah. Big time recruit out of high school. Went to Georgia, and you know, there's going to be some misleading numbers about him as a cornerback. I don't think he's going to be a, a very good corner. Very handsy, very grabby. Uh, I saw him get beat and exposed a lot. LSU had a had like a redshirt freshman quarterback come in off the bench in a blowout, uh, and he was he was picking on Keely Ringo, which was kind of um, you know not great. But if you put him at safety, put him in the slot, put him at nickel, or even just coach him up a little bit at corner, that's a fucking great pick. At 105, man, I, I think Dane Brugler had a top 30, top 50 grade on him. Yeah. And to get him at 105, another steal. I, when he was, it's funny because we traded back up to 105. There was like, I think before day three started, there was three teams that traded up, which was <laughs> hilarious. I think somebody traded up for, I forget who. There was a couple players there, but I was like, man, Keely Ringo's there. We just took two dogs. We have two dogs on the team. I can't see why they wouldn't pick another one. <laughs> sure enough, they did. And I, you know, it might seem like a, kind of like a bit, you know, take the Georgia guys. Oh my God, we're the Bulldogs. Fly, dogs, fly, which I don't know if I can get behind that, but you know, whatever. It, it may be in due time. But it was another great value pick. You know, a lot of people are going to laugh at us for taking Georgia players and, you know, but it's all, all good value picks. Keely Ringo, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, these guys are not going to be looked at to start. Right away. No, They're not even going to be looked at to necessarily be instant contributors. It's kind of like Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean last year. N'Kobe Dean, we knew, wasn't going to play. But he was in, he was a huge – he was like our best special teamer. Yeah. And Jordan Davis, it was just like, you know, a big body, rotate him in, uh, give offenses other looks. <clears throat> this year, I mean, I think, I, I think Nolan Smith has probably the best chance for playing time, even though he's probably the most raw because we don't really have, you know, line, our linebackers are uh, a little depleted. You know, we brought in Nick, Nicholas Morrow, and I'm not sure how that's going to work. So replacing TJ Edwards and Kaiser White's production last year will be t- will be tough, but they, they seem confident to kind of plug-and-play linebackers, you know. And I think that's, you know, he's going to have a lot of playing time readily available for him. So Jalen Carter, man, he, <laughs> so crazy. He, he would be an instant contributor, yeah. if not a starter. For so every other team besides like us and the Niners, I still and think he's, he's going to be, be a, a big time factor this season. By the end he of probably, it, probably. Yeah, I, I don't want to compare him to Jordan Davis because that's very they're completely different players. He will be more ready. Yeah, um, and he will be more of a factor. Yeah, than Jordan. You know, Jordan Davis was kind of just a run stuffer, and then he got hurt, he got and that hurt. kind of set him back. Yeah. So. Jalen Carter, also, man, Milton Williams is going to take a big step, I think, this year. He played really well at the end of last year. I don't know if we're bringing back any of the the older guys that we brought in, like Adamic and Sue or uh, the other fella. can't think of his name. Linval Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. I would like to bring back or, or bring in another just vet D-tackle, but I don't even think we need to. You know, we got Fletch. Um, I, I know he is another year older. Same Still with BG, got Milton but, Williams, too, who man, was I, a pretty good player, I thought, but. I just, I just love what they're doing with this yeah. team. Trading a what fifth and seventh for a seventh and, and DeAndre Swift, amazing deal. Uh, I don't think DeAndre Swift's really that good. I watched him play last year. No. Um, he was he was hurt a lot, but he, he just doesn't really look like he has any any burst. But as a as a as a pass catcher, he still does really he he does a lot of things well. Um, also, he, he did get them to the goal line a lot, and then they're like, here's Jamal Williams. Let's just give him his 50th touchdown of the year. I mean, he's still um, a young guy, too. I think he's still got some left. Right. It's just uh, it's the sure. good thing is he doesn't have to be the guy because we have three other run- or two other running backs for sure that you know can you know make an impact. I think Kenny Game- I think it's going to be a lot of Kenny Gamewell this season, dude. I think they like what they him saw and, from um, him in the playoffs, and they're going to they're gonna try to build on that. Yeah. 
our leading rusher. Him and Gainwell, I, uh, ironically, have like this, are like the same size, which I, for some reason, wouldn't wouldn't. I don't know why. I think DeAndre Swift looks bigger to me, and Ken, Kenny G looks a little smaller. But they are the same size, about five nine, two hundred and ten pounds. Rashad Penny, when he's healthy, is a fucking bowling ball. We just have three different running backs, and then I mean, whenever we play the New York Giants, we can put Boston Scott in. So it's like exactly. We have options. Now, I really want to see a, I really wanted them to get a backup tight end because I don't think we have much behind Goddard. And that's a position where guys get banged up. I really wanted wide receiver three because I just, I can't do it with Quez Watkins. But those aren't even like, you know, important necessarily. That's kind of me just nitpicking. Our roster won the 53 man. Whew. It, it's, it's pretty special. It's pretty deep. We brought in a punter, undrafted free agent, a punter from, uh, I think he was a Ray Guy Award finalist. I'm all for that. Aaron Sipos helped, uh, helped us lose that. That, uh, Should have never been playing in that game. I almost said World Series and then almost said Stanley Cup. That Super Bowl. Uh, so I just I really like what we're, what we're doing, man. I, I know the coaching changes are gonna are probably gonna be tough. Maybe we maybe we start out the season a little slow. Like I could kind of see that. Maybe like a Super Bowl hangover. But when the season's all done and finished, I think we're gonna. I think we're the NFC representative again. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being bullish. Not bullish, but. Maybe I'm just being naive. I, who, who's going to compete? San Fran? They have like three quarterbacks, and they are all have different issues. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. What, what, what do you think, without being biased, which I know you're not, what do you think this team does this year? I think it's going to be a look a lot like last year. At this point, what I'm looking at at this point, I mean, you even mentioned backup tight end, which I guess they believe in Calcaterra because it seems like they, you like, they refuse to – draft another guy or sign another tight end. You know, Jack Stoll, they like their tight end room for some reason. Like yeah. you said, like Dallas Goddard at some point will get banged up because it's just such a violent position. Uh, wide receiver three, again, that is that is a whole – I mean, I saw they signed Zacchaeus from the Falcons, which – Forgot he, about you know, that. He's a he good played play. with Swift in high school. Yeah, he's a good player, but it's just, you know, uh, can he step in? Uh, Quez Watkins, you know, he's not really – I really would like to, that, like you said, them to go in a different direction there <laughs> yeah. just to hope – yeah. Hopefully, see something else. They have the best O line in football. I think they have the best defensive line in football. Uh, linebackers is probably the only hole necessarily that you could uh, think of. I mean, there's maybe safety. May, yeah, and safety. But I, I always feel like they find a way to plug safety. They they just I don't know if the Sydney Brown guy is going to play, but he's going to definitely have an opportunity to start day one. For sure. Uh, other than that, I think there. I think there's another move coming. Whether that be a Buda Baker, whether that be an Isaiah Simmons, Ooh. I think somebody else is coming in here at some point. Just because there's no really way, there's no reason to go halfway in on this. You're already there. You went to the Super Bowl. You don't really need to hold on to a ton of those picks. You have a lot. I saw them moving picks, you know, for next year's draft into this year's. So they definitely believe this is. It's now's the time. Uh, and I, I think I think Keely Ringo probably projects as a, uh, a safety as well, but I don't think we'll see him play for the first couple of years that he's here. If uh, yeah, you know, or maybe he's a good special team. Seems like he could be a good special teams guy uh, off the rip. Yeah, I just lo- love everything they did. I really did. I think there's a couple adjustments and, and moves coming, but right now, I, I don't see the 49ers as a threat. I, I I don't see anyone as really a threat anymore because there's really no quarterbacks. That was the only thing that really used to. It's still kind of has their way with us is elite quarterback play uh, because then if you're able to get the ball out quick and you're able to uh, uh, mitigate the impact that our defensive line is able to get, then then you're able to have success. But, you know, if you can't run the ball on us and you're not going to yeah. have a lot of time and we have elite corners out on, on, the, on the outside and it's basically the safety just there to play, you know, 
safety, just safety over the top. That's basically this defense, and we'll see what the defense looks like under uh, Sean Desai. But I feel I'm excited. Good. People, I feel really good. Yeah. Uh, Brian Johnson and uh, Hertz are obviously going to be on the same page. I believe in that. Uh, that transfer is not going to be that uh, stark. Scumbag Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon. I think we can only get better as a you know with having that guy as our defensive coordinator. I mean, he really just had a loaded defense last year, and it's you know we'll get to see Nicobe Dean. He'll he'll have a chance to start. There's a lot of uh, good things, and, and camp's going to be fun this year because there's hopefully we see a, you know stories of a couple guys who really grow and, and you know run with the possibility of being that player. So speaking of which, I do like a couple of our undrafted free agents. I know it's not a big deal, but last year Josh Job, I think, was a really good special teamer. I think he played a little bit of corner when we needed him. Yeah. Um Reed Blankenship, I believe, was undrafted free yeah. agent. I loved what I saw from him, man, honestly. He might be a guy might, who gets you know, a chance to play like that's another guy who's in there gets a chance absolutely. to play safety this year. Um but we took Jadon Jaden, actually, Hazelwood, played with Jalen Hurts uh, yeah. at Oklahoma twenty nineteen, big recruit, didn't really pan out. Uh, my boy, LSU, I love when they pick LSU guys. Makai Garner, good corner, big boy. He can kind of play safety. He's like 6'2", 215, fast. He can do a lot of things. He was probably LSU's best DB uh, in a down year. They took the Eagles senior personnel director slash advisor to the GM, Matt Russell's nephew. So that's kind of interesting. Elias Ricks. Oh, man. not a, Where do I start with this guy? Uh, he started at LSU, then he transferred to Alabama. That's how you get on my shit list really quickly. Uh, but he was like the number 125, 124 pro prospect uh, from the top 200 of pro football focus. I know Dane Brugler had him in his 150 range, too. To get him as a UDFA is kind of nuts. He did yeah. miss a lot of last year, but it, you know, due to injury, he only gave up six catches on 19 targets with five pass breakups. So, you know, getting somebody like that as an undrafted free agent seems kind of like you know, I don't, I don't want to say this guy's going to be a contributor, but uh, the potential is very, very high. And then they got, like like we kind of talked about, we got the punter, uh, who punt analytics, whoever they are, it seems like they know about they know about punters. I trust said, them. Yeah, I don't know about shit, shit about punting, besides, you know, the coffin corner punt of Madden 07. But they said Ty Zentner, well, great first name also. Um, Boomer, but it seems like he has some shank issues, but he booms the fuck out of the ball. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm sorry. Aaron Sipos... You know, if I can notice a punter stinks, that's pretty sad. Yeah. So averaging 45 yards per punt as a senior, uh, he also kicked a little bit for them um, at Kansas State. Love that. Trevor Reed, one of the most athletic offensive tackles coming out of Louisville. Um, We get him, probably move him over to guard uh, as an undrafted free agent. Just awesome. Uh, You know, we also got a freak athlete, Ben Van Summeren from Michigan State. Linebacker is a 4'4", 6'3", 240. 42 and a half inch vertically. Listen, I'm all for that. You know, you get these high upside guys as undrafted free agents. Truly, you never know. Um, and they don't even have to be big contributors. Just, just, you know, making sure our special teams is, 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 uh, corrected. And last year, remember, our special teams is one of the only, uh, really downsides of that team. So I, I love what they're doing. I absolutely love what they're doing and just keeping the ball rolling. They had a good draft last year. They've been drafting really well recently. They've been making some, you know, I know a lot of people say we we try to make big splashes, but it's it's not really a big splash. DeAndre Swift's not the big splash people think. You know, we're not relying on him to be a, a bell cow running back. So we're just we're adding all these other pieces, and it's all about depth, right? Uh, it's a long season. It's going to be injuries. Yeah, and we pretty much have backups everywhere. I mean, do we have a backup? We do have a backup quarter, Mariota. So like we have we have solid pieces literally everywhere. Um, it's obviously tough to uh, repeat. It's, uh, it's tough to get back there and in, in the NFL, you know, one game eliminations. 
Obviously, anything can happen, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> this might be the most optimistic I've been. And I, I was kind of optimistic last year, too. Um, so I'm fucking excited. I can't wait. I can't wait for camp to start. There's really no reason they shouldn't be the best because you go through all those different teams. There's re- like, you know, like, I, like I don't I, see anybody. I, there's no one that really, I mean, there's no Brady. There's no Rodgers. There's no guys like that where you look and you're like, ah, oh, man, like, there's not really a complete roster that you're you're like shuddering at. I mean, the 49ers People are the talking about the thing. Seahawks. Yeah, like, I'm not on. scared of them, man. I mean, they have a good team. Don't get me wrong; these are some good teams that you talk about. But they said the same thing last year, and then they walked in here to the link and got cooked. There's a, a good there's Smoke. a good chance we have home field advantage again this season. I mean, we have a much tougher schedule. But yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I, I sitting here in April, it's really hard to see. I mean, anything can happen between now and September. So. We definitely have room for uh, you know to to reserve judgment on what we're saying here, but I like I I like I like that he's not picking those high upside guys in the third round like Davion Taylor. He's waiting for the you know later yep. rounds and kind of it, with not you know a bu- a bunch of pressure to throw these guys up you know into a situation they're not ready to play in. Seemed like right. there's been a lot of that in the past. We're picking guys at positions where we have solidified starters ahead of them and they don't have the pressure to go out there right away and contribute they can grow behind other guys and i think glad you said that honestly because years prior we, we would take guys who were raw at positions of need and you know we're like oh why isn't davion taylor ready well you know he, he was never going to be ready right away maybe he was never ever going to be ready you know we took him 99th overall and most people had him in the 150 range yeah now we're picking udfas in the 150 range now we're taking guys who are probably, you know, Jalen Carter, aside from Will Anderson, even even maybe more than Will uh, Will Anderson, is probably the most NFL-ready defensive player in this draft, or just player overall, other than Bryce Young. Um, and he doesn't even have to play right away. Now we're getting guys that don't we don't need them to contribute right away, but they are NFL-ready. I think Keely Ringo's NFL-ready. It's just not a corner. I think Nolan Smith's NFL-ready, just not as an every t- you know, not as a every down. Uh, three down linebacker, you know, like these are NFL ready guys. Uh, we took a quarterback late. <laughs> not a fan. Not a, he was a high recruit. Uh, he did go to Stanford, which is not smart. If you're a top quarterback, I don't know why Davis Mills, um, the one guy from Bama. I don't know why these guys go to Stanford. Tanner McKay. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big arm, but he also, you know, throws the ball to the other team a lot. Six round pick. Who gives a fuck? Right. Uh, I don't think he's as bad as the Clayton Thorson pick a, a couple of years ago. Jesus. Um, Carson Strong. Yeah, that's who. Poor guy. Though, so that's, can't even, you know, can't uh, even walk. Um, yeah, and also, I know I know we got him at 249, but um, was it Ajuro? Ajomo. Moro Ajomo. Um, pretty good D tackle from, from everything I read up. Dane Brugler had a fourth, fifth round grade on him. We got him in the very end of the seventh. Again, you know, maybe some of these guys don't ever pan out. Maybe they work at Publix in a couple of years. It doesn't matter. We're not wasting huge capital on them. We're not trading all these picks. We're not uh, mortgaging all this for all these guys. We're just, I don't know, this front office is just humming right now. They're just clicking on all cylinders. The Jalen Hurts deal, you know, I know it's going to scare a lot of people, but guess what happened right after that? Lamar Jackson got more. Joe Burrow is going to get more. Justin Herbert's going to get more. Yep. So in a couple of years, that, that, that Hurts contract won't look that bad. Um, it looks fine now too. So it's exactly, exactly. And I don't know, man. It's I think it's backloaded too. So like you know, we're we're really, uh, you know, keeping this window that we have in this next couple of years open. And it's funny because we didn't really, you know, we didn't have really a down, uh, a downtime from after 2017. You know, maybe a little bit, but 
um, we kind of rebounded quick. So I, th- I think this regime is just absolutely nailing every. I mean, we're, we were pretty much the talk of the draft. Right you know? so. So, absolutely. People were getting absolutely. pissed about it because it's that's how good they did. So, yeah, they're like, oh, you know, start showing like low lights of Keely Ringo getting cooked. It's like, hey, bro, we took him in the fourth round. Calm down. Like, yeah, relax. Like, he's not going to play. Giant, he's not playing this Cowboy- season uh, under a good, any reasonable circumstance. Cowboys fans need all the all the help in the world, and they're taking tight ends. So, it's like, I, I you, you guys should uh, worry about something else. Yeah. The Giants, I do think, had a good draft, but Daniel Jones is not really scared about him. Um, I'm going to ask you this because I saw a lot of people thought it was a bad pick. What do you think about Bryce Young? Uh, it's a little scary seeing him standing next to Brian Burns. That that's how small he. I'm swear to God, I was like, oh my God, like he he's tiny. Like he might get killed, but yeah, really, you go through it. And I try all the guys that I trust. You know the 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 quarterback experts necessarily, the Dan Arlovskis and all those guys who break film down every day. They say he's got. The you know the best intangibles and the he's the best quarterback of the bunch. I, I don't I don't hate them picking it. They need a quarterback. They need you know the Carolina's been sitting there for the last couple of years, really just swirling in the wind, and they needed something to kind of hang their hat on and build their franchise around. I don't I don't like picking quarterbacks that small. You know when Kyler Murray was getting picked, I mean he was a great player, and I'm sure it was. Not a bad idea, but looking back on it now, it just seems how many times you know he's been hurt and he's a different. You know, you yeah. can't really compare these guys. He's got a call of duty problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, he I don't does. hate them picking. He does. It. Uh, CJ Stroud. I think the Texans did great, even though they kind of really uh, paid a lot for that third pick. But they did. They really did. Will Anderson's a great player, so I, I, I don't think you really, if you got the guy you wanted, then you really can't be that upset about it. But um, I just think you know he's small. Bryce Young is, but like. Out of all the factors that you can control, I'm not going to say perfect, but he's a, you know, he has all the tools. Maybe his yeah. arm isn't that strong. Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts' arms aren't that strong. You see, that shit doesn't matter. You know what Accuracy, I mean? Like, see, man, that's that's what the name of the game is for these guys. Bryce Young has insane ball placement. He can run. Uh, his plan when his plan A isn't working, his plan B, you know, he he, he does yeah. fine. And that's where CJ Stroud kind of struggles. Um, you know, coming from that Ohio State system, that's kind of tailor made for guys. Um, but yeah, Bryce, also Bryce Young's team, he, he didn't have any receivers. Usually Bama has all the receivers, right? Amari Cooper and uh, the one year they had Ruggs with uh, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. <laughs> well, Bryce Young didn't have really anybody this year. Anybody. So um, I love him. I, I have been high on him out of high school. I was like, yeah, he is small, but you know, you kind of can't control that. You know, if he's, he can't really grow, he can't grow. Um, so maneuverability in the pocket is going to be an issue, but I, I love him. And I saw a lot of people on Facebook saying, why would you take this guy? He's so short. When's the last time a short quarterback did well? And I'm like, well, Kyler Murray is doing well. You yeah. Know, and, I, and, and Bryce Young's, I think a, a better prospect than he was. Uh, so, you know, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, everyone's going to look at them too. And, you know, <laughs> that's not how it works, but and I know it's not smart to bet on outliers, but Devonte Smith. Was an outlier. People thought he wasn't going to perform well because he uh, he was a senior. Yeah, he was a senior. He's skinny. He hasn't gained weight in a while. Usually, if you're a junior, you don't need to come back for your senior year. Well, look at Devonte Smith. So, I'm all for it. I love it as well. Uh, I think I think a lot of teams did good in that in that upper uh, part. I don't really think there was a lot of you know duds necessarily. I, I think. Uh, let me see here. You know, Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. I like that. I mean, Devin Witherspoon, you got him, yeah. Paris Johnson, Tyree Wilson, and Bijan. I don't know. I, that's the only one I was like, I don't know why you would. If you're the Falcons, you would pick him. But 
Yeah, they just had two running backs play well last year. They, you know. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like they needed it. And, you know, I, I, Lions, I, I'm not with all the people that are like, oh, running back's the dumbest pick. And it's like, you know, for the right situation, I think. You know, when your yeah. team's not good, which usually if they we, aren't that high, then, yeah, you shouldn't. But Sure. If we took Bajan Robinson that high, it would be like, you know what? Everyone, everyone would be like, oh, man, another weapon for the best team. But exactly. the Falcon Stadium is like, oh, they're, they're idiots. So you never know. It truly, it's just all about the fit, like you said. How about the we'll, – we'll get out of here with some baseball. Uh, Bryce Harper back for the Phils tonight. Uh, 160-some days, 65 days after Tommy John, which is absolutely insane. It's so quick. <laughs> He's uh, going to just DH for a while until eventually he gets cleared to start throwing and all that. But really, it's just good to have his bat back in the lineup. He's playing your Dodgers, who dominated last night with an easy, easy win. They were just hitting and, uh, jacks out of the park like it was nothing. Yeah, I believe it's Matt Strom tonight. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know who's pitching for you guys. Uh, I believe it is Julio Urias. Oh, great! So we got a lefty battle tonight. Yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be good to just see Bryce back out there. Phils are 15 and 15. They have kind of uh, just been there. Really, They've had some injury issues, which yeah. teams really don't go through early in the year. And it's kind of, like the Dodgers also have. We just got Will Smith back. We just got uh, a couple other guys back. So it sucks, but you know it is. It is kind. Of, also, Trey Turner. Woof. You know when you got when you give a guy uh, eleven years, then his first year he's he struggled in the first month. Obviously, you want to have patience, but not man. He looks. He just looks bad. He's yeah. miss. He's swinging and missing at a lot. That's not uh, something OPS. For. No, and Bryson Stott, you know, is 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 balling. He's hitting the ball, hitting the shit out of the ball. It's starting to come down a little bit, but uh, Nick Nick Blastolanos got his yeah, bat, man. found found his back. Also, he's like in the field now. I never. You know, I didn't know this guy was a fielder. Oh, he's um, making plays, man. Unbelievable. Um, Rail Muto looks like he's struggling a little bit. Brandon Marsh is hitting the shit out of the ball. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't love their team. But like you said, they didn't have Bryce Harper, and they still, you know, they have a, a an injured Bryce Harper. Um, and then the, when it comes to their pitching, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think Matt Strom has been a fucking great. So far, has been a great, great piece for them. Twenty three innings, twelve hits. Seven walks, 32 strikeouts. You fucking take that. So I think him, Alvarado, Wheeler, and Noel, they have some good guys. But as a whole, I don't you know. Greg, Gregory Soto hasn't been the addition that they hoped for. Craig He's Kimbrell, turned it I mean, around a little bit uh, recently. I couldn't believe they signed Craig Kimbrell. I mean, that was just a disaster. And Kim, um, Kimbrell's not been hard. I mean, honestly, some of these guys in the bullpen, other than Junior Marte and you know Luis Ortiz, <laughs> if they're able to – No, these are real guys. Andrew Vasquez, <laughs> you know, just – Guys who come in and just eat innings up—they're not really ideal options. But it, it, when you know you're able to get a Ranger Suarez back, maybe bump yep. Strom back to the bullpen, you'll have another weapon out of there that you can use. You have Alvarado has been un, uh, unbelievable this season. Sir Anthony's still out there. They—they—they they, they have uh, it's just uh, they have a good team, but they just need to put it together. The the starting pitching hasn't even necessarily. It's more consistency. They have not played good consistent baseball, and I think once they get Bryce back. And they get that pillar back in their lineup that they can count on every single day to be, uh, you know, to put pressure on pitchers and get on base and just not have to start, you know, even though Pache, excuse me, Pache and those guys have played well, it's just they're not Bryce Harper. None of these guys are Bryce Pache, Harper. Pache, uh, out for the next four to four six, six weeks. weeks torn meniscus. That, that sucks. Not but fun. the only good thing, uh, you know, it's not probably a good way to say it, but it'll just, uh, it forces the Phillies to play Brandon Marsh every day. And 
Yeah. I think he can be your everyday center fielder, and I think you paid uh, you know a, a heavy price in giving Logan O'Hoppy up and you know making that. That was unfortunate. But also, Logan O'Hoppy got hurt, so you know. Yeah, I mean, anyone can get hurt. I just I, I think you know, young outfielder like that who's hitting the ball, hitting the shit out of the ball. I think you give him a chance to play every day. You know, hopefully we less Jake Cave now with uh, Harper back. And <laughs> forgot they had that. Yeah, guy. it's Jesus not. Christ. There's a lot of you know Edmundo every day. It seems uh, not That's not a brutal. bad idea. Uh, I mean, he he's done well. I think at some point you're going to have to do something at first base so Alec Bohm can go back to third. Uh, but right now, it's not in April. You're not really, you know, we as Phillies fans and as baseball it's fans, such a long know, year. yeah, it's really not anything to get too crazy about uh, wins or losses. You just like to see them not be embarrassing, and they were embarrassing in the beginning of the season. Now they've kind of uh, comported themselves with a little bit more dignity, and it seems yeah. like they will more now with uh, Harper back. So quickly, and we'll got, see. Real quick, uh, we'll probably hopefully see some of their young guns. I love love Andrew Painter. I hope is I don't know. I haven't seen updates. Uh, about reports are that he threw a uh, either a bullpen or a rehab star. I mean, he's going to go back to Double A AA or Triple A. If but, he's throwing yeah, anything at all, that that's good. To, that's good news. So uh, you escape the vaunted UCL injury, and then Mick Abel's out here throwing. He's he's shoving in Double. I think he's in Triple A. So. I'm excited to see those guys come up for the Phils, get a nice jolt of young talent. Now, you guys can probably hear my dog is losing its <laughs> goddamn mind in the background, but it's 57 <laughs> minutes in. I am not re-recording this. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking forward to uh, just seeing Bryce Harper back and seeing the Phils continue. Uh, you know, Ranger Suarez will be back very soon. I think mid-May was the projected time. I think there's moves on the horizon for them if they really want to compete at that level, but it's so good to see Castellanos playing well. It's so good to see Alec Bohm just kind of holding down his spot, and these guys show that they are they're they're not gonna just roll over. Like it, it was really concerning where it was like, is this how long is this you know hangover from the World Series gonna last? You know, it hasn't lasted crazy long. They're still not playing at the level that they should be, but uh, everything's there that you can see. And uh, your your Dodgers aren't aren't having a, that all that bad of a year. Max no. Muncy bounced back. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's it just, I said before the year that I was going to hammer that the under on their win total, which is like 97, uh, they're playing, a, they're playing respectable, but they did, they, they lost a lot in the offseason. Cody Bellinger's hitting the shit out of the ball in Chicago. Uh, we had that we, we had to scrape Jason Hayward off the fucking free agent, free agent market. We gave him a non-roster invite to spring training. He's been one of our best every day. Yeah. He's playing every <laughs> he's day. He's balling. Um, James Outman, 25-year-old rookies, crushing the ball. Yep. Um, Mookie. We, you know, we've also had some – Mookie still playing well. I mean, he was hitting the shit out of the ball last night. Um, Freeman, still getting Freeman, it done. No Justin Turner. <laughs> I'm very uh, – you know, I'm somebody who will complain, and then you'll see Will Smith batting like fifth or sixth with Max, Max Muncy sixth or seventh, and I'm like, all right, maybe our team isn't that bad. But I do have some questions about the pitching. Uh, Walker Bueller not going to come back this year. Dustin May coming back from Tommy John looks like not good. Noah Syndergaard, we're still throwing that corpse of Noah Syndergaard out there, which is not not ideal. But, yeah, I think the Dodgers will probably be fine. Um, yeah, I'm excited for uh, baseball in general. I'll be at the Rays game tonight at the Trop, so that should be fun. And there we so go. Let's go Rays. And there let's we go, go Rays. Let's go Rays. They are still, are they still the AL East leaders? I think I think them and the Pirates, I know, very, very surprising, are the two best teams in baseball, and they will be playing tonight, I believe. Wow. 
It's a real ESPN uh, game right there that everyone. No, I'm just kidding. ESPN hates baseball, <laughs> and ESPN hates the Sixers. So that is nope. that. Uh, who's going to win the Stanley Cup quickly? Rapid fire. Uh, Edmonton question. Oilers. Connor McDavid. Okay, bring it home. I'm rooting for them. Smythe them. Uh, that them are the Maple Leafs. As as miserable yep. as their fan base is, I think they deserve to uh, get back there. Yeah, at least you know, sixty-seven. They, they finally just won a series for the first time since what two thousand four. So that yeah. is always something that I'm like, boy, that that's got to be rough. And the poor Kings couldn't get it done against the uh, Warriors. Uh, you know, Bro, you have the Devils the still still in there doing their thing. Lightning are out, Avalanche are out. So we will have a new. Matchup in the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Playoffs have been good so far in both NHL and NBA. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. More, be, it's more new games bl- tonight. It's new blood in both sports, even though you do have like LeBron and, and Curry, but you still have some, you know, different different teams match up. The Knicks, the Knicks are, you know, surprising yeah. teams. So Knicks I'm all for it. I'm all for it. The NBA has been spectacular, uh, and I've been very much thoroughly enjoyed the NHL playoffs, which I've really not watched a lot of hockey this year because my team is awful. So. Yeah. There's really no point in doing all that. So, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. We will be back later on this week. We will do a MMA episode. We will give you a little breakdown of the Song Yedong knockout of Ricky Simone. Shout out. And uh, all that card. We will have picks for the big card this weekend. Henry Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, if you don't listen to that, bet Henry Cejudo. That's what I'm giving out. And I don't really think there's anything that can change my wow. mind until then. And I have one stat that can change your mind, but even then, I think I'm with you. All right. Also, we have to talk about what was the biggest event of the of the weekend? BKFC. Yeah. Oh my! I can't wait! I can't wait for us to talk about that because honestly, it was Conor McGregor came into the ring, which I think obviously was just like a promo, right? He's not going to fight BKFC. Yeah, it's fake. But Absolutely. it was just. But still, the fact that he's there, you know, just fucking chugging whiskey, fucking hyping up. He's telling Eddie Alvarez, "Uppercut, uppercut." Oh my god! I, I thought it was great. I had a great time watching BKFC, even though the Ben Rothwell fight kind of was like. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. have this belt one day. I'd like to have this. This is noise. <laughs> He's holding it. I like, just got minute. here and I got a belt. That's. I think that's what he yelled at one point. Which <laughs> incredible, but uh, we'll be back. We'll also, have that, for, ladies and gentlemen. End of the month, we got some uh, Ultimate Fighter starting, so I'm excited for that. We got plenty of shit. I think right. Plenty of shit. Yeah, April, uh, May 30th. I'm sorry, and we will oh, be back baby. then. Thank you all for listening. It's good to be back. Hot Take Hot Box, uh, and then we'll have a Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We'll have another Hot Take Hot Box because the Sixers are in the playoffs. And the games yeah. mean something now, ladies and gentlemen. So here we are. Go Sixers. Go Sixers. Go Sixers, baby.